welcome back to Write Dammit with me, Zoe Richards, your host. This is the podcast for writers of all kinds who maybe get stuck with your writing. This podcast will help you get unstuck and help re-motivate you so that you get the writing done. Episode 35, and this is a mini coaching session for you today. And talking of minis, my dog has decided just as I start recording that she wants to join me here in my little recording studio. So hopefully she will settle down, but her nose has just gone into the bin. Let's see what's going to happen, hey? She's actually been a naughty little dog today, and I think she knows that I'm annoyed with her because she found some chicken hidden under a bush and would not come back to me on the walk today. That's a cockapoo for you. Never mind. So today's episode is all about a mini coaching session for you. And I'm going to take you through a tool that I use in my work life. It's one that I developed many years ago to help in a process of auditing an organisation and where it's up to in the process of overarching improvement. This is in the NHS. So there's five elements to this and I will actually create a PDF for you. So sign up at zoerichards.co.uk and I'll send that out to you. So the idea here is we've got five elements to this and these five elements you can apply to your writing but also to thinking about you in the context of your writing. As I say, I'm going to give you the PDF so you'll be able to use that to help you, but I'll take you through each of the five elements. The first one is vision, values, culture and strategy. I'll come back to tell you more about that in a moment. Then the second element is day-to-day activity. The third one is systems and processes. The fourth one is intelligence and research. And then the fifth one is transformation. So let me take you through starting with the first one, which is vision, values, culture, strategy. Your first question to be asking yourself is, what does success look, feel, sound like for me? How am I going to define success? All of us will have a different version of what that will look, feel, sound like for us. So for me, originally, my success was actually get past 25,000 words because every novel I'd written had stopped at around about 15 to 25,000 words. I think most stopped around the 20,000 word mark. So my first version of success was simply to get past 25,000 words. Having done that, my next version of success was to finish a first draft. Messy as it was, I still just wanted to finish a first draft. After that, I then wanted to get an agent. I missed a bit out, which is to improve on that messy first draft. I could have done with having success looking like improving that book to a point that made it so it was publishable. I didn't. Hey, never mind. I've learned from that. Success for me now, I'm not yet at the point where my book is launching. That's not going to launch until spring 2025. So you'd think perhaps success is about number of sales. It's not. Success for me right now is that my editor and I will understand each other. We will both be on the same page. We'll be able to 
improve this novel together in a way that still honours what the novel is about. And the other bit of success is, believe it or not, I want to just make sure that the cover is something that I'm proud of. I don't want to have a cover of the book that I don't actually like. So that's my two versions of success right now. Think about what your success looks, feels, sounds like for you. And in that context as well, you can think about what's your goal? Why are you actually writing a novel? Or why are you writing creative nonfiction? Why are you writing a piece of nonfiction? Whatever it is you're writing, what's your goal with that? From there, you can start to understand perhaps what problem you're trying to solve. Now, that could be a problem for you. It could be a problem for your main character. It could be a problem that you are trying to solve for readers of your nonfiction. So maybe there is something that doesn't work for them and you've got the solution. And that's why you are writing this nonfiction book. What is the problem you're trying to solve? Next is to understand what your writing is all about. What's your novel about? What's your creative nonfiction about? What's your nonfiction book about? What is it you're writing about? Now, this is your elevator pitch. What is it that you can say in 30 seconds? So if you've not come across an elevator pitch before, that's where you imagine that you're stepping into a lift. Your ideal agent is there in the lift. They're getting out on floor six, you've got in at floor two, and you've got the next four floors to sell them your novel, your piece of nonfiction, your creative nonfiction. You have got 30 seconds max to tell them what it's all about. So do a little bit of work understanding what is it that you are writing? What is it about? Now, all of that has helped you to understand your your vision around what it is that you're writing. But on top of that, it helps to understand something about who you are. What are your values? What culture are you bringing to this? So even though I'm going to use the word story in this next question, this applies to any style of writing we're doing. What do you bring to this story? What culture do you bring? What values do you bring? Who are you? Now, in episode 28, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes, I went into who am I? And it's worth going and listening to that if you've not already listened to it, or maybe going back to it and understanding what it's getting at in this context. What do you bring to this story? Who are you? What is your background? What values do you hold? What experience, what life experience have you got that you can bring to this story? And then in terms of strategy, that's thinking about how long perhaps you're going to work on this. What end point? So you understand your success. Is your strategy simply to get to that success point? Or do you already know and understand what the next success point is? So your strategy in your writing is getting to each of these phases of success for you. Okay, so that's your vision, values, culture, strategy. The next one is to work around your day-to-day activity. That's actually getting the writing done, doing the work of writing. Have you got a writing plan? This is not a plot, by the way. This is about having a writing plan. Or maybe you know and understand some training you need to do, some learning gaps that you've got, some knowledge gaps you've got. What's your writing plan? What's your training plan? 
If you haven't got a training plan and you're at an early stage of your writing, you may find yourself spending a lot of time writing something that ends up not being as good as it could be for you because you've not done the learning. You've not gone off and done some training to help you. So if you think about learning how to play a musical instrument or training to do a run, uh, maybe you want to do a 5k or a 10k, you know, anything of that kind of nature, you'd accept that you need to learn what you've got to do. You've got to have a training plan. You can't start running a marathon without having done any training. You need to work out first what it is you're going to do to train just to get out the house. And then there might be something you need to do to train to be able to run for a short distance, walk for a short distance. Then eventually you need to train so you're capable of running a mile. Maybe part of your training plan is to be able to do park run. So you train to get to being able to do a 5k. We need to do the same with our writing too. We need to allow ourselves to learn and understand how we write beyond what we learned in school, beyond what we learned in college, whatever it was, wherever we learned writing before, we're now talking of writing a particular style. So we need to do the training that helps us get there. So create that training plan, create that writing plan. Then it's important for us to understand what is it that's stopping us so I know at times I've had things that have stopped me, you know, self-sabotage. And we've had an episode recently on self-sabotage. Again, I'll put that into the show notes. But it's also things that stop me because of seasons of life, what's going on for me in my life. I've also got a question for you, though. If you do training, if you go off and do writing retreats, if you're doing webinars that are about creative writing, are you actually applying the training that you've gone through? Because if you're not, and loads of us do this, so if you do this, you're not alone. If you're not applying the training, you're not actually learning anything. You're only attending things. So go back over some of your notes. I recently went over some notes from when I attended the York Festival of Writing last year. And um, I realised I'd forgotten one of the workshops I'd attended. And so I revisited what I'd written down as my notes from that, realised there was some learning I could apply to my writing. And that's improved what I'm doing as a writer. So don't just attend the training, apply the learning as well. And then that will help to improve your writing. I know that sounds really obvious, but we don't always help ourselves with this kind of stuff. And remember as well, if you're working with absolutes, so if you say, I never plot, I only ever plot, whichever is your absolute, or I only write at this time of day, I only write at that time of day, have you actually tested to see if that works for you? I used to say I could only write first thing in the morning. Recently, I've discovered I can write pretty well early evening too. I've been split testing and finding out what other times of the day am I creative And as a really nice switch off from work, I find that doing half an hour to an hour of writing really helps my brain switch off and move into being creative. So split test. There's an episode, episode 24. Again, I'll put that into the show notes. And that's about understanding if we're we're torn between two different ideas, how you can use split testing. So that's our day to day activity. But what I would say before we go on to the next element, always return back to vision, values, culture, strategy. Are your actions, is your way of delivering the writing process, is that actually 
fitting with what you said back at the very beginning of what problem you're trying to solve, what you're actually writing, what success looks like for you. Are you actually working towards that? Are you delivering on the vision, values, culture, strategy? And a great example of this is where you tell yourself you've no time at all to do the writing. But then you find yourself spending an hour on social media and don't fib, you know you do that at times. You get caught up in the doom scrolling. We all do it. We say we haven't got time to do something, but we've wasted time doing another thing that isn't fulfilling what success looks like for us. Okay, so that's our day-to-day activity. The next one is systems and processes. This is what you use to get the writing done. So maybe you do your writing in Word or Scrivener or another tool like that. Perhaps you're old school and like to use notebooks and write by hand and then type it up afterwards. Also think about where you're getting your learning from. What's your system of learning? Have you got a system of learning? Are you using books? Are you listening to podcasts? And of course, podcasts are free. Are you attending courses? Do you enter competitions? If you enter competitions, are you entering things like the Cheshire Novel Prize where you, sorry, it's Cheshire Prize for not, oh, I can't remember what that's called now, the Cheshire Prize anyway. Um, I will make sure that I put that into the show notes. Um, You know, that's a brilliant competition because it has feedback associated with it. Are you using feedback? If you are using feedback, how are you using that? Again, there's an episode that we have that is about using feedback and getting the most out of it. I'll put that into the show notes. But you can also use techniques to get the writing done. Have you used the 150 rule if you're struggling, which I've got in episode two of the podcast, or maybe the 30 to 30 for 30 technique that's in episode 14. Again, I'll put those into the show notes for you. So look at what systems you're using, what processes you use to help you get the writing done. And again, go right back to the beginning of this. Is the system that you're using helping you to achieve your goal? Is it helping you to deliver on your version of success? All too often, we have a system, but it's not actually one that works for us. So it's back to doing that split testing again from episode 24. Do you get the feeling here that there's a linking up of a lot of the stuff that I talked to you about? So go back to the beginning, think again about your vision, values, culture, strategy, and ask yourself that question. Is the system I'm using helping me to get the writing done? And then we get into the next element, which is all around intelligence and research. Now, when I'm doing this in my job, when I do it for an audit, I'm looking at data, I'm looking at key performance indicators, I'm looking at business intelligence, but you can also use this for your own intelligence. So let's start off with the intelligence side and then we'll look at the research part of it. So the intelligence bit, your data... That's things like your word counts and having targets. Do you benefit from having a target? Are you somebody who is, it helps you to know that this day, this week, this month, you're going to write X number of words? And do you then feel proud because you've done that? Or do targets actually scare the shit out of you? So maybe you're better to not have targets, not have word counts, but simply have a goal of, I will have written my first draft by X month. I like to think of it in terms of a deadline date and then I have word counts for the week. So at the moment I'm working on having a 5,000 word 
count for the week so that I can have the novel in its messy first draft completed by mid-September. Now, I may shoot over that a little bit, and that's okay. I allow myself some leeway in this. So there's there's always an element of what I would refer to as tolerance. So in tolerance, we, we have a, an upper goal and a lower goal. So, hey, brilliant if you can finish what you're doing much sooner. But you know what? If life gets in the way, you're not feeling really down about the fact that you didn't hit that goal because you gave yourself. So in my case, I'm giving myself a tolerance of an extra two weeks. So by saying I'll finish by mid-September, if I haven't finished until the end of September, that's okay because I have some tolerance in there. Okay, so that's your intelligence part of it, your data, helping you have targets, knowing what you're aiming for. But what about your research as well? Now, it's very easy to go down research rabbit holes, but it's also easy to get lost in the whole thing of you've learned so much in the research that you're doing that you want to pile it all into what you're writing. Quite often, that then becomes something that slows the pace down, that actually makes it something that's quite unwieldy and the reader's not necessarily going to enjoy what they're reading. I find what helps with that then is to have a research plan. So with the novel that I'm writing now, book two, I've got two areas that I want, well, probably three actually, yeah, three areas that I want to do some research on. The one that I've just added in there of, well, three probably, is a bit around woodland and understanding a bit more about woodland, but I've already done that bit of research. So I'm learning about bees because there's an element of bees within the work that I'm doing currently. And I'm also trying to understand more about protests and how protests are carried out because I've got some activists in the novel and I want to make sure that they are relatable, realistic and understandable. And why, for example, are they not working with the strategy that Just Stop Oil is using? Because I don't want that strategy. It won't work in the novel. So I need to have something else in there. In terms of the non-fiction book that I'm writing, which is the Right Damn It non-fiction book, what I'm researching there, and this is before you write, by the way. So if you're writing nonfiction and you're trying to write it all, it's actually the wrong way round. What you want to do is write a proposal that you then put forward with some sample writing. So I'm doing the research that's helping my sample writing that I will then send off to see if I can get that published. And the research I'm doing there is to make sure that I'm as up to date as possible with understanding mindset, that I understand what's already out there in the market so that I'm not just doing exactly the same as everybody else is writing, and also to pull in information from people who work in the realm of mindset and writing coaching, book coaching. So research is something that we need to do to make sure that our work is relatable And having a research plan helps us to make sure that we do the right level of research and don't get lost in those rabbit holes. Research, I find, is an interesting one, particularly for people who write crime and thrillers and historical fiction like I did with the novel that's not yet gone anywhere. For that novel, I was researching how to poison someone. So if anybody looked at my search history, hmm, yeah, let's not go down that road. Mr. Richards had better not have anything accidental happen to him. (laughs) So look at your research plan and again, go back to the beginning is what you're doing fitting in with your vision, values, culture, strategy. You can see here there's a loop back all the time to that starting point. 
And then finally, we get to transformation. Now, obviously, episode 33, and if you've not listened to it yet, you have to listen to the edit episode with Philippa East. We go into a lot of detail about this process of transforming your messy first draft. I love a completed messy first draft that I can now start playing with. And when clients who I coach send things through to me, I love the whole thing of looking and understanding what's going on here and really getting to grips with what needs to go through the rewrite process, what needs to be edited. That's not to say I'm an editor, by the way. I am not. I absolutely am not an editor. I have so much more to learn around editing and I'm learning masses from my agent around that, but I really do have a lot more to learn. So I'm not an editor, but I do love this process of understanding what's going on with a novel and what's holding the pace back, what's not working, how's the language clunky, where are we using weasel words. So weasel words for me are where we use a word that's not really saying anything at all, but we've thrown it in to pad out the novel or to pad out the writing. So the transformation element is where you get into the rewrite and the editing. And to find out more about that, as I say, go and listen to episode 33, which is the edit episode with me in conversation with Philippa East. Okay, so there you go. That's the five elements I use when I'm doing an audit with an organisation. And I have come to realise that it's exactly the same that I'm doing when I'm writing my novels and when I'm also now writing the non-fiction book for Write Damn It. So go through the vision, values, culture, strategy, your day-to-day activity, your systems and processes, your intelligence and research, and finally, the transformation. Go to zoerichards.co.uk and the show notes are there. So if you go to zoerichards.co.uk forward slash 35, and you'll always find this, by the way, that just put in the episode number after the website address, it will always take you to the show notes. So in those show notes, there's links to all of the episodes I've mentioned today that I think you'll find helpful to go and revisit. But as well as that, there will be the link for how you can get the download of this tool that I use for an audit process. And then you can use it for yourself. So it will help you to see how you can apply it to your writing life. But do you know what? You can also just change up the questions, coach yourself through each of these for different parts of your life. So if you're struggling in some other part of your life, perhaps you're struggling with where you're at in your career, have a think through exactly these same elements and it will help you understand what you need to do next in your career. Maybe you want to make something work better in your work life. Again, you can use exactly the same audit process and coach yourself through what needs to happen. If you are working on doing some improvements in an organisation, by the way, do get in touch with me. I'm more than happy to share more detail on this of how I use it within organisations to do an audit because it's an incredibly powerful tool and it really helps more senior colleagues understand what needs to change. So in this case, it's not more senior colleagues, it's your own brain helping you understand for yourself what it is you need to do to help yourself get out of the doldrums if you're in the doldrums with your writing It will also help you if you are struggling in making sure that the writing demons don't get in the way of doing the work that you need to do. And it will help you become the productive writer that you're meant to be. So there we go. I hope you've enjoyed this episode today. 
If you did, I'd love it if you would leave a rating and a review or just a rating if you can't spend the time writing a short review, wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. It helps other people know that this is a podcast worth listening to. And also, please share with other people who you know who are writing, who are perhaps struggling getting the writing done. Happy writing. May the words flow for you. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.